Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 2, Episode 20, What Is and What Should Never Be, premiered on May 3rd, 2007, directed by Eric Kripke, and written by Rayel Tucker. We are Natural, natural, natural friends. friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Remember, spoilers ahead. Hey guys, I have a poll. What do you got? Supernaturals, Sam and Dean decide to go to a ski whoa, resort. Whoa, 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 whoa. Which, which what, Sam what and season? Dean? Yeah, what are we talking about? Oh, here? I kept it oh, general, no. apparently. Oh, no. oh, oh the okay. fans are confused. <laughs> I'm sure there's a uh, ski resort episode at some point, but... Supernatural Sam and Dean decide to go to a ski resort and hit the slopes. What do they do? I thought this was going to be a really exciting poll. And I'm like, oh, the ski, ski, uh, skiers, the ski boarders. Yeah, that's the word. Uh, The skiers (laughs) and the snowboarders. uh, We're going to have like this duel. It turns out. No, Um, because I put the option of ski, snowboard, snow tube or hit up that bar and overwhelmingly (laughs) they put hit up that bar. 69% 69% voted that and hey, nice. uh, 23 <laughs> decided they, they were going to ski. 8% snowboard. Nobody thought they're going to snow tube. This week on Supernatural, Dean lives the life he could have lived if his mother had never died, but it was all just a hallucination brought on by a gin attack. Um, I appreciated the, the recap of the pilot that we got at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah. It's just in case you forgot where we came from. Right. <laughs> How it all started. It was funny be- uh, because before it was a recap of the pilot, there were a couple of quotes from a couple couple of episodes into the first season. So like the whole saving people and hunting things quote is Wendigo, I think. Yeah. And then it's back to just only pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think they chose to do that? Like, do you think there was some strate- like strategic... Um... I think... If if you could watch most of season two and barely grasp their origin story, just know that they're hunters. You know what I mean? And that, so if you were watching for the past six episodes and you're just a new watcher, um, you would just know that they're two supernatural hunters and not much detail otherwise. So to go into this episode, you're like, what's going on here? I guess bringing back... Um... Did they show anything about mom in the... Yeah, they showed her like on okay. fire on the ceiling. Okay, I, I remember Jess, but I, I didn't know if they showed mom. Yeah, they, sh- so, they showed them both. So I guess bringing in those characters, you want to... Yeah, you're just establishing everything that's not going to be true in this episode, essentially. So that right away you can recognize when it's contradicting what came before it. This episode starts with Dean going out for a drive in the Impala with new plates. Goodbye, Kansas plates. It was fun while we had mm-hmm. you. Hello, Ohio plates. Didn't even put that together. They literally say it. I, I, have, I 
I couldn't have told you that happened. <laughs> um, so Sam even mentions in like just a minute after we see the plates that um, they dish the place, plates and the credit cards. Because, you know, last episode they escaped from jail. So uh, we do get a little mention of the repercussions of that. Um, and also why Sam is so panicked about a cop car being outside because it might be after them. I forgot that that happened. I feel like that should have been a bigger deal. And we get the reveal pretty early about what we're dealing with this week, which is a gin. Uh, Bruce, have you ever heard of a gin before? I have not, other than the drink. Have you ever heard of a genie before? I have, specifically from Aladdin. Greg, what's the difference? Oh, well, let me tell you. There isn't one. Um, I'm not going to get too much into the etymology, but like genie comes directly from gin. It, I think it... I will get into the etymology. I think it was a French translation of the word gin that we stole from the French to be genie. We have this concept of a genie just granting three wishes or whatever, magic lamp and whatnot. Um, but they're more complex than that. The exact origins of belief in gin are not entirely clear. Some scholars of the Middle East hold that they originated as malevolent spirits residing in deserts and unclean places who often took the forms of animals. Others hold that they were originally pagan nature deities who gradually became marginalized as other deities took greater importance. Although the powers of jinn exceed those of humans, it is conceivable that a man could kill a jinn in single combat. Jinn were thought to shift into different shapes, but were feared especially in their invisible form since they could attack without being seen. Jinn were also feared because they had been thought to be responsible for various diseases and mental illnesses. As they mentioned, Jinn really are in the Quran. They're mentioned about 29 times. In Quranic interpretation, the term Jinn can be interpreted two different ways. The first is invisible entities who roamed the earth before Adam, created by God out of smokeless fire. They are believed to resemble humans in that they eat and drink, have children and die, and are subject to judgment, so will either be sent to heaven or hell according to their deeds. But they are much faster and stronger than humans. But the other interpretation is that jinn is like just a, like a word referring to any object that cannot be detected by human sensory organs, including angels and demons. Because the history of jinn is so murky and therefore there's a lot of different interpretations, you can make up whatever you want about them, and that seems to be what they did here with the djinn and I've really enjoyed this concept of well, maybe they don't have this this power that they're told to have maybe they just seem to have this power because they're essentially forcing hallucinations for the physical appearance of the djinn in this episode um, the, like it being covered in tattoos um, was inspired by Eric Kripke's Google search um, where he was just looking up Jins and saw a picture of a lady covered in tattoos and he said that's it that's the one works for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i know that's a story about like inspiration for a character but it it's a funny story of it could be a funny story of he thought that's what it was <laughs> like i googled gin and that's what came up so obviously <laughs> It was, yeah, it was, it was just the inspiration. Their full idea, like his full idea is that um, they do normally have a form of smokeless fire, um, but then oh. they change into like a human type form to feed. Um, and they didn't just want to have just like this haggard looking man 
as their yeah, yeah. bad guy. So that's why they were looking for something else and settled on full body tattoos. It definitely looked really cool. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked his the the blue effect itself wasn't great, but I like the concept of it, like with the blue eyes and the blue hand and stuff. Sam reveals to Dean that uh, Jin's like the hangout inside of ruins. So Dean's like, hey, I saw an abandoned place a little bit back. I'm going to go in solo. And um, it, uh, it doesn't work out well for him. He immediately gets caught by the Jin, and Jin puts his glowing blue hand on his head. That Jin's really good at uh, knocking out knives in someone's hand. Like, I think two or three times in this episode, it just gets up against a wall and just pounds their hands into a wall until they let go. I wonder if he's had practice at it. Like, theoretically, this he's, guy's like thousands have. of years old, right? <laughs> Yeah, and he understands what he's vulnerable to. Yeah. Some some (laughs) basic self-defense classes. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't even have to worry about guns, just knives. (laughs) Um, Then after our title card, Dean wakes up next to some strange girl in bed, and we get our first clue that something is very different here. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but Dean has a different necklace this episode. Oh, I did not notice that. See, initially I thought it was a haircut or something. Like I thought they did his, they did his hair <laughs> differently. Something's different. Yeah. <laughs> and I did notice the necklace, but I didn't like point out that it was like he usually doesn't wear it. It definitely looked different. Um, did you guys see the email that Sam had from a friend? Uh, so I saw the one that was pretty straightforward. Did you read it? It's, his email from Christopher Cooper. Yeah, it's like, hey man, it's been a, uh, sorry for taking a while to reply or something like that. I don't know what happened. Let me just read you the type of correspondence that uh, Sam has with his friend, Christopher Cooper. Hey dude, dot, 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 dot. How are you doing, man? I'm pretty darn good myself. I've been meaning to sit down and write you, but I've been so darn busy. I've been meaning to call too, but hey, what's a fella too? (laughs) That's the kind of, Guy that uh, alternate reality Sam hangs out with. <laughs> I just shrugged that off. It's it's very <laughs> a bad email. But. <laughs> when email was used as like a real form of communication, not just like work. So on the phone, Dean mentions tries to tell Sam about the gin who's attacked him, and um, Sam gets confused and asks Dean if he's been drinking gin. <laughs> um, and he also tells Sam that he there's some strange girl in his bed and that's when we get the reveal that this is a familiar girl to sam and her name is carmen carmen seems seems nice i liked her she seems good for him very supportive almost like his dream girl you might say but also probably an alcoholic so you know she 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 helps him through that (laughs) carmen's an alcoholic (laughs) genius i thought thought you meant carmen (laughs) oh yeah i mean who knows we get to see Sam close up um, some type of law book to let us know that he's probably still in law school and that Dean actually lives in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, which we can tell by his mail, which he gets now. When uh, he was going through that, I, I almost thought they were pointing out the fact that he he gets the mail. Like, I, I thought that was more the focus, not the address itself, because I was like, oh, <laughs> Dean gets mail. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, both a big deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he gets bills. <laughs> Um, and then Dean spots a picture across the room, rushes over to it, and drops it on the floor and immediately leaves. Did you have any ideas what was in the picture? So immediately I thought somebody was alive. I initially thought dad, but then quickly, <laughs> as this episode does, 
rips that out underneath me <laughs> and shows me mom. I meant to check. But was it actually the same actress and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same actress. Same with Jess. Wow. Yep. Everyone's I'm always same. impressed when shows do that. They're all back, baby. <laughs> well, except for, for dad. I did like the idea that he technically died the same way, I think. Oh. Um, and possibly on like the same day. So like what later when Dean goes to his dad's grave, um, he still died in 2006. Yeah. From a stroke. Interesting. Huh. It's a shame because I, I have a, I, I can only assume that dad died. The fake dad died in this episode just because they couldn't get JDM. And how cool would that episode be if they could have JDM? Like, just like as good as this episode, but just a little bit better. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. Well, they're they're waiting for him to be in the finale to make it like really exciting. Right. Whenever he comes back to fight the demons. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea. Like He was just this like dad and just the, was it, the softball. The softball, the softball team. team. He loved that team. <laughs> to me, it works a little bit better with dad being dead because I mean, and then later we find out more stuff about this world, but like. The, the whole idea is that Dean's wish turns out to be that mom was still alive. We get that to happen in the fallout from that, but there's still other things that are very wrong, like with this life. And he didn't wish for dad to still be alive. So in, in this world, dad just still died from the same thing. So I like that dad being dead is our first clue to it's not a perfect world that we've seen so far. That's true. The show did a very good job of unraveling that as well, because obviously this is going to be a be careful what you wish for uh, episode. But like at that point, he like um, almost like uh, makes sense of it. And he's like, oh, that's really nice. Like that he died, mm-hmm. you know, of a stroke. <laughs> I like Dean's test on mom for to make sure that like it was actually her and not someone impersonating her. So I thought that was a weird test. Only because, like, previous episodes, like, demons know things. Like, for that one question to be the sole, like, oh, you're my mother. I I thought, I don't know. He could have done a little bit more. Thrown holy water on her real quick. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we already determined a few episodes ago that they need a battery of tests. They they need a standardized, no supernatural test. (laughs) Holy water, iron, silver. Yeah, just it's like a when you go to the doctor uh, for allergies and they yeah. do like the, the multiple tests. <laughs> if one of these flares up, that means you're a demon. Shoot him with a gun. <laughs> this one's gonna hurt, but it's worth it. Silver bullets, so we gotta see what happens. <laughs> um, I really like the Photoshop pictures of the boys around the house. Yeah, those were kind of cool to kind of see what they would have done if they weren't out hunting and learning how to hunt. And it's just like the mail. Like it's one of those quick things where, oh, we're seeing like a home with pictures of the boys in it. But then you start to realize like, oh, no, we're seeing pictures of them like having a normal life and growing up like they went to dances and graduated high school and they had a very different life for Eric Kripke's first episode that he's directed. I think he did a good job with it. It's a good example of showing and not telling. And then we finally get what we've been waiting for, for a lot of the season, a college professor to explain to us what's going on this episode. <laughs> why is this a thing? I mean, I get why it's a thing because they know things, but... Experts in their field. Do you think they're just like, I, I don't know, just a professor, 
Just go to see the professor. <laughs> like, like, it's definitely a top five supernatural trope for me at this point. <laughs> it makes sense because, like, even even students in their class don't show as much interest as the boys do. So, of course, they're going to talk all about it. They're so excited. Someone's showing an interest in gins. <laughs> <laughs> he, too, asks if he's been drinking. Right. Three people now. <laughs> and then after that, Dean... Uh, opens up the Impala's trunk to see that it's just a normal trunk. Do you guys feel we're officially at a point now where um, the Impala's name is Baby? I was wondering, did he say it before? He said it like a few times. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But this seemed to be the most directly he talked to the car. Yeah. As a, almost as a person. Affectionately, if you will. I think I'm ready to just switch over. And start Instead calling of the Impala. It's it's baby now. <laughs> I I really like the trunk. <laughs> like, there's just I I'd like so to pause and just see what was really in that. Like, there was a magazine. I was trying Fair to figure tire. out. Yeah, it's like exactly what my trunk looks like. Just odds and ends <laughs> scattered. And then when Dean closes the trunk, he looks around and gets our first glimpse of the uh, mystery woman in white and goes to check her out, but then she disappears. So something weird's happening. But I guess he just decides to say forget about it and uh, heads back to mom's place for the best sandwich he's ever had. And we find out that Dean even has a normal job at a garage. I'm guessing it means he's a mechanic. Yeah, that sounds right. And I mean, after what we saw him do to baby at the beginning of the season, I'm sure he's doing a great job at it. Right. Just rebuild anything. Um, I like that nobody called him, though, or like it was mentioned. But you think like him just ghosting a, his job, there'd be a little bit more of a, hey, you coming, you coming to work or you done? think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I've definitely uh, I've no called no showed one time in my life. I'm not proud of it, but they only called me one time. <laughs> so <laughs> where, where was this? Was it, it, it Subway? It was sheets. Oh, I hated. Sheets? I hated working there. <laughs> oh wait, that was how you quit. Yeah, I just didn't. Go okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant you just took the day off. Oh yeah, yeah. Walked I quit in the next day way. like nothing happened. <laughs> um. Then we get possibly my favorite moment of the episode is when Dean sees that uh, that lawn could use some mowing. <laughs> the whole scene just him mowing grass. <laughs> it was fantastic. Is that a prop mower? Did it seem like he wasn't doing anything? It's got to be a prop mower anyway, but still. He had a bag on it, so I was looking for like him throwing grass. So that it, that, that covered that. Like, it was like the, the grass was already mowed, and he was just pushing a mower over already mowed grass. It was just really, and I thought it was going to be a joke, like you get a shot from the top down of a really terribly mowed lawn because he's never done it before. I mean, it was a pretty um, small yard. <laughs> yeah, you can't it out. really screw it up. But he... Uh, yeah, it's just a whole scene dedicated to showing his love of the ordinary. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the waving to the the neighbor across the road, <laughs> awkwardly was, waving back. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what to do here. And it, just a great song choice with uh, "What a What a Wonderful World." Yeah, it was really good. Uh, we can tell at this point, Dean's kind of let's just like all into this little fantasy. Then he has a beer after everyone has been complaining about his drinking. He decides to start drinking. Specifically, an El Sol beer. His favorite. I didn't get the name. His favorite. And then Sam shows up with surprise. Jess is still alive. 
Did he know her a lot? They met once. At one time before she died. Now, granted, I, I, I can understand him being excited that she was alive, but like, yeah. that was a big hug. Yeah, it's nice for Jess to get a speaking role again. <laughs> I think she spoke more in this episode than she did the first one. Sam fills Dean in on the fact that it's actually their mom's birthday, which is why they flew in from California. And I thought there was going to be more of a fallout from Dean forgetting. Mm-hmm. Everything just turns out to be cool. They go have a nice little dinner where it's revealed that Sam and Jess are engaged. And while celebrating that great news, Dean sees the girl again who has turned from a woman in white into a girl in gray. Oh, I didn't notice that. She she kind of changed colors there. She she got dirty. She, got, mm-hmm. she was okay. looking real dirty. Bruce, what were you thinking at this point of this girl? I honestly had no idea. We have so many random girls in white that just like <laughs> chill out in corners of the room. And mm-hmm. it's such an interesting character, monster, whatever, because like it's always something different. So like it's not like I'm like, oh, well, there's that lady in a dress. Obviously, that means, you know, she's stuck in a house or something like <laughs> <laughs> it's just every single episode, the the random girl in a dress is something different so i know i don't know i have no idea i i always get frustrated with like them literally being women in white and and how it's never the the woman white as a monster like we've had one woman in white and like six women wearing white dresses ever since (laughs) it's infuriating so after the dinner they get back home and um everyone's heading off to bed dean wants to keep celebrating um, that's when Sam pulls him to the side and uh, Dean finds out that they're not actually close at all in this world. They only talk around holidays and um, Sam says Oof. that they just don't have anything in common. It was sad. You guys think their their lives would have turned out this way? Or is this just Dean's imagination? of? Well, this is Dean's imagination of what their lives would have turned out as. But do you think they really would have not been so close? Yes. Yeah. I mean, because we've seen like how much they disagree on some pretty like fundamental things. Mm-hmm. So I think if they didn't have the hunting to force them together as children, they would they could have very easily have grown up without a bond. So the glue of their relationship is hunting and Dean's mentality that he needs to look over Sam, protect him, and yeah. Growing up with a family, he has no need to protect Sam, so he just doesn't care. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even if it comes down to uh, Jess, like, not dying, like, that brought them yeah, a lot closer together, like, since the pilot. So, I mean, without that, even, that they... <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was neat, though, because, like, these things kept happening, and you're like, well, why would Dean wish for this? But he would always kind of sort of make it better in his head um kind of after it was over so he's still a little bit in control over it uh, he would just kind of accept it where it was well i can make this better but you know but at this point he was like realizing it, it, it didn't make sense to even try to dean's staying up late that night watching some tv drinking some el sol and we get a news report that it's the anniversary of when flight 424 crashed and 108 people died so Ooh. they never stopped the phantom traveler I'm glad he made a point to say, like, hey, I stopped that because I, for some reason, didn't remember the flight name. You don't remember the episode when we stopped counting um, monster kills? Because this was the biggest (laughs) one. 
Then we also work through the headlines of um, comatose children from Something Wicked, parents mutilated from the clown episode. Mm-hmm. What was the name of that episode? Everybody Loves a Clown. That's right. The parents mutilated <laughs> from Everybody Loves a Clown. And um, the girl drowns from... From playthings. Um, so we're getting the revelation that all their old cases still happened, um, but the boys weren't there to stop them. So all these people still ended up dying. Um, which which bothers Dean, understandably. Dean ends up opening a closet to reveal that he has literal skeletons inside of his closet. That was a creepy scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not ready for just bodies to be hanging there. It was gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually to those types of things, they sort of like, like I was ready for nothing to be there and then something to be behind him. Like when he opened it, I was not ready for something to actually be there and dead. Yeah. And then we got him to turn around and there's also something behind him. Our girl in gray has now turned into a wraith in red. Man, you ha- I'm a simpleton and I do not have an eye for detail. I knew it was the same girl every time, but, but that's like on assumption and that's it. I had no idea she changed appearance at all. Yeah, at this point she was like getting pretty bloody and wasn't looking very well off. So with all this happening, Dean decides to go monologue to their uh, father's tombstone. He ends up figuring out that what dad essentially would have said is uh your happiness or all those people's lives no contest so in dean's mind at this point the djinn has created an alternate reality for him that he can get the djinn to reverse yeah and 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 actually save all those people again during the scene not only do we get dean's single tier we get two tiers we get two tiers could be known as a double single tier. It's just one in each. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, a, this is a good scene. Yeah, so Casey kind of made a disparaging joke about it, him monologuing, but like it was it was a good use of it was a good way of explaining exactly what Dean was feeling, specifically because of his great acting in this scene. That could be a terrible scene with a bad actor, but it was perfect. I also really like the way like the scene was shot and edited. Um, where when you're watching it, it doesn't come across as Dean giving this like single speech. It, it it's filmed as like as if it's broken up. So like you get the voiceover while you see Dean not actually saying anything. So it comes across as you, you can kind of look at it two ways. Either like Dean it is kind of waiting for responses to what he's saying. Or just Dean was standing at this grave for a while and these are the things that he said while he was there. Yeah. But it's not like he just went went there and said a speech. It was so good I didn't even notice that. Then we get a recreation of a scene from the pilot, which is pretty cool, of Sam waking up to a noise inside of his house, grabs a bat and goes to check it out in the dark. And we see a shadowy figure and he tries to fight him, uh, but it's just Dean and this time he just... Sam doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Sam is not a fighter, as indicated by his swing of this bat. <laughs> because <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> Dean was in a crouching position in front of him, and he still hit it like a softball above Dean. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did appreciate that call back to the first episode. And it's revealed that Dean is actually there to steal some silver from their mother, which I, I don't know what Sam thinks it's for. But Dean's going to go, like, hawk some silver, pawn some silver. He's paying off a bookie. Yeah. He made a bad bet. 
But we know the silver is actually to go kill a djinn. So he's looking for his knife to go kill a djinn with. And he gets back inside baby. And then the door opens and Sam's coming along for the ride. I loved this part of the episode because it was one of those things like no matter what scenario they always end up in the car together. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was like, you can do whatever, but that brotherly like bond like exists. Mm-hmm. You just have to pull it out. <laughs> yeah. Bitch. You're <laughs> <laughs> supposed to call me jerk. <laughs> Rabbit's blood. No. No. Lamb. Lamb's blood. It was, was it rabbit? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it was lamb's blood. It was lamb. Okay. <laughs> uh, that makes more sense. Cause I was, I was going to ask <laughs> if a rabbit produces that much blood. <laughs> Um, but regardless I think it's funny that he just has it and there's no need to address how he got it nope I like how quickly Dean caught on to the fact that Sam was going to be calling someone for help because this is a crazy situation (laughs) rolls his window phones out the window (laughs) I loved it because uh, Sam's reaction was perfect for because you you assume they go through phones at least once a month like they go through lots of phones um, but Sam's reaction was perfect for someone who just had their own actual phone <laughs> tossed out the window. <laughs> it's beautiful. Dean wakes up Sam whenever they arrive at their destination, which we don't actually know where it is, right? They may have mentioned it, but I know, yeah, I, I never remember. caught anything that actually said where this gin was located. It said Illinois, but I don't know if they specified. So whenever Dean wakes up Sam, he tells them that uh, they're not in Kansas anymore, <laughs> uh, which is just like a little fun bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> Oh. And then we even bring it back full circle whenever he calls Sam Auntie M later. <laughs> they go inside the warehouse. They see the dead bodies that um, Dean was haunted by before. And then also the girl who's been haunting Dean, they see hanging there and that she's still alive, um, which starts to uh, clue Dean on to um, that maybe he's actually inside of there too and that he's asleep right now and he needs to wake up. What do you call it? Supernatural juice that, that they're putting inside of him? Oh. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. Like, <laughs> you, you know all this stuff and you're like, I don't know, some supernatural juice or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be like comic book guy and, and like really get nitpicky here and ask what you guys think of. We later have a reveal that, that Dean's girl is a beer advertisement model. So like theoretically most everything is just in his head but like then he shows up at this place with the correct knowledge of the warehouse do you think that's from what he's taking in since he's there himself yeah okay, i'll just answer my own that, question that's why he was like haunted by that girl yeah okay. <laughs> um yeah and we see that girl wake up and the gin put her back to sleep and it all seems like a pretty normal affair for him so we can assume that dean has Loose some lucid moments there, okay, where he's able to um, take some stuff in. I retract my comic book man criticism. She was alive, but she looked very dead in that uh scene, not looking good. <laughs> There's not much left of her. I like that as soon as Dean figures out that he's probably asleep, he immediately has an answer for what to do about it. <laughs> uh, stab himself in the gut with the <laughs> knife that he brought. <laughs> what if he was really alive? <laughs> <laughs> This is goes back to like, there's other things we can try first before we go to stabbing ourselves. Well, I like that it, it kind of gets confirmed for him before he ends up doing it by everyone else showing up and telling him how great his life could be if yeah. he stayed. That's true. Yeah. 
That was a fun scene, though. I don't know, just everyone around him sort of like pleading for him to stay into that in that dream. Yeah, I really like the moment when when it turned with um, Sam asking him, why'd you have to keep digging? Mm. I I think it was just, yeah, it was really fun. It was a really fun addition. And it genuinely is a tempting moment of like, you might die in a couple of days, but this will feel like a lifetime. That's that's tempting. Mm hmm. Especially in their alignment work, who knows how long he's really going to live? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he could wake up and still just die there. I I, I love podcasts. Um, there's someone that talks about if you were in a simulation, would you want to know you're in a simulation? That depends. Do I get uh, Neo powers if I know? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think um, I'd want to know. When you say simulation, do you mean like it's matrix style where we're all inside the same simulation? Or do you mean like I'm actually a construct of someone else's simulation? Like an AI. Either way. Either way. Would you want to know? I think I would not want to know. I would. I think because if I (laughs) did find out and there was nothing to do for it, then it would just be lifelong trying to forget the fact that I know it's a simulation. I would just spend all my time time trying to flex and bust out of there but like your life my life's okay so why would i want to change it like (laughs) your new purpose in life could be just trying to sabotage whatever the goal is (laughs) so if you could find that out that'd be fun um so in this case if dean so if that girl never showed up he could have easily just kept living like this nice life like i guess this is how my life is now but now that he has to know that she's like, what's this random ghost and these dead bodies in my closet? <laughs> it was ruined for him. <laughs> and also the headlines. I don't think he could have avoided that. That's true. I think eventually curiosity would have gotten the better of him and he would have looked into a case. But he stabs himself and he wakes up. Hey, guys, have you ever died in a dream? You can't. You die in real life. Everyone knows that. I, I don't think it's true because I've died in a dream. <laughs> I was in a sword fight and I was stabbed in the back and I had this tingly sensation. I was apparently bad at sword fighting because I was stabbed in the back (laughs) and I had this tingly sensation in my back and it all went black. And I was like, all right, this is it. And then I did wake up, but it took a minute. Like I was dead. (laughs) So you weren't actually dead then. I mean, (laughs) That's that's circular logic. <laughs> that's just like, well, if you woke that's up, exactly you're not what dead. It's... Because if you were dead, yeah. you wouldn't wake up. Exactly, Greg. You but it. you're also conscious that you were dead. I imagine at that point, yeah. Like everything is black. Like you, you know what's yeah, going I'm on. Aware that everything is black. Yeah. Still, yeah. I died. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> I've definitely been shot in my dreams before. It, it's a very weird experience. When Dean wakes up, Sam is there trying to save him and also wake him up and he gets um dean down from his hooks just in time for the gin to show up and try to put sam to sleep on the stairs but dean uh, stabs him in the back and he dies and it turns out the girl is still alive who dean was very affectionate towards which was kind of sad i missed it did he like put his face on her hand or his hand on her face or something what do you mean affection? Maybe, but like just the, just the way like he got her down and like held her. Uh-huh. Um, it, there's something like really personal there, mm. and to me, it felt like like she was the reason that he left that world, mm-hmm. and all all that was kind of coming through there, which 
again was a really great job by Jensen. It's it's almost like also like a like a metaphor for the countless lives that they've saved like coming back as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then we pivot from that to the reveal that Carmen was a uh, a model for Dean's favorite beer, El Sol. So <laughs> great touch. Um, and the boys talk a little bit for about what Dean went through. And Dean mentions that he wanted to stay so bad. And Sam says something about how much it, it hurts like hell, but it's worth it mm-hmm. doing what they do, which is a really big reversal for Sam for uh, for where he started the series. But I also think it's very well earned and it, it shows a lot of character growth for him. And it, it's just really nice to see. This ending felt off in a good way in that the the episode itself ended with in what would normally feel like mid-conversation like i don't remember the exact words but sam essentially says it's all worth it and in a normal episode of supernatural this would be a more drawn out conversation of back and forth is it is it not worth it it's just no it's all worth it and credits it was really interesting yeah i i really liked it reviews 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 I give this episode eight beer advertisement models out of 10. I enjoy any episode of Supernatural that mixes things up and dealing with an alternate reality for 30 minutes definitely qualifies. Um, And it's fun because, you know, I don't even know if it technically qualifies, but I think back to uh, the Trickster episode was very comedic, whereas this was very dramatic and and it mixes it up in a different way. The fun and unique setup allows us to explore a very important question for the boys is why us? And it was, I don't know how to describe it other than it was impressive how they were able to spell out exactly what the, what the point of the episode was without it feeling like too much too spelled out. So, you know, I talked before about Dean at his dad's tombstone. Um, His monologue, again, didn't feel like too much. It was just perfectly spelling things out without feeling clunky. So it was beautifully done, is my point. The djinn is one of my favorite monsters. I was glad to see it so soon. I don't know why. I thought it was a little bit later. Yeah, I I just really like the concept of force-feeding hallucinations on its victims I don't think they even really talked in detail about like the whole setup of like what he's feeding on. It was like their blood, but some particular thing about feeding on their blood after the is weird. Um, but I enjoyed it and uh, I give it eight beer advertisement models out of 10. Um, so I, I've really been enjoying these past few episodes. Um, so I'm going to give this a nine and a half out of 10 uh blood drinking genies let's go (laughs) so a really good episode i really enjoy when we sort of have a more psychological episode versus a straight up monster because when it comes down to it the genie wasn't the monster in this episode it was it was uh, uh dean fighting against himself on whether he should stay in that reality um, so just a fun look at, you know, what could have been, yes, he would love to have his mom back. Um, but what does he lose in that process? He, he loses his, the bond with his brother, but that monster was 
pretty cool looking uh the genie itself i uh, love those tattoos um so that was terrifying enough to uh keep that part um interesting and cool him and his brother actually had a, a, a like i liked their chemistry even when sam wasn't really his uh real brother um like i said they, they, that brother bond still existed even though um it wasn't real and um i don't know nine and a half out of ten uh blood drinking genies bruce same score mm. uh not nine and a half out of ten <laughs> this is uh one of the episodes i remember the most about season two i i always really enjoy this one it's so close to perfect the only thing that drags it down for me is actually the gin i i just don't enjoy the gin itself that much like i, I feel like we're missing a lot from it we encounter it twice and in, in like total screen time it dies very quickly mm. and very easily um, so it, it overall it doesn't feel that threatening. Like if Sam and Dean had actually gone at the same time, this episode would have been over very quickly. Yeah. I think Eric Kripke was the perfect person to actually direct this episode. So looking back at Roadkill, um, I said Roadkill is the perfect episode for a new viewer. For me, this is almost a perfect episode for a fan of the show because there is so much more you get knowing everything that came before it because the episode doesn't take the time to walk you through it and explain it to you. Like if you don't understand the bond that these brothers have and have grown over the past two seasons, it doesn't impact you as much whenever they're not close anymore. And how much we've seen them go through with um, Jess being dead and their mother being dead and everything. It, it's all really built very well to this moment of actually seeing them alive. It creates a really nice impact without actually spelling it out during the show. And I think we got a really fantastic performance from Jensen for this. So nine and a half stolen silver knives out of 10. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have bumped my score up. I already bumped it up once. I, I My initial reaction was seven. <laughs> but then I reminded <laughs> myself that it's not as good on a rewatch. Like the, the, the I, re, I, you know, like you, Casey, I remember this episode from years ago. Because it was so like, whoa, that was crazy. But maybe I should have bumped it up a little bit more. But nope, I'm going to stick with it now. Eight. Next week on Supernatural, we're watching Season 2, Episodes 21 and 22, All Hell Breaks Loose. Gentlemen, <laughs> this is the time we've been waiting for. <laughs> so they did tease us in this last episode with the cops outside. They're waiting for them. What's going to happen? They're going to get arrested again. <laughs> They're going to be in that interrogation. And at the door, it's going to be those hunters after Sam because, you know, he's done some bad things. Um, and but at the same time. At the same time, the demons are going to be doing something. We haven't seen them in a while, but something's <laughs> going to be going on. <laughs> and the cops are going to know what to do. They can't let them go because they're they're you know, they're wanted. But at the same time, they're the only ones that can save the city. What do they do? They let him go. The hunters say no, but they realize in that moment they need them. <laughs> they go for the fight. They go to the battle and they think they're going to lose. But what happens? Mom and dad show up in ghost form and with their power destroy the demons and our gentlemen are victorious. Bruce, this is the most excited <laughs> I've ever been for you to watch an episode. <laughs> Because I'm exactly right. That's why you're excited. That's I know it. it's going to happen, basically. You got it. My guy, you got it. <laughs> All right, Bruce, I have a question for you. You used 
the phrase save the city. So I have to ask <laughs> what city? Uh St. Louis. Okay. Saint Louis. <laughs> Back where their 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 legal troubles all started. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we still haven't figured out what's going on there. They've got that body out of the ground. Now what? <laughs> For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to Natural Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Natural Friends Podcast and Twitter at Nat Friends Pod. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continued support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thanks for joining us. We are Natural, Natural Friends. Which which bothers Dan, uh, Dan, <laughs> which. <laughs>